This week's episode of the Props Podcast is brought to you by Classic Auctions. Head over to their website right now, classicauctions.net, to register to bid in their next auction that will feature items from the personal collection of Todd Sloan and J.J. Denault. The auction will include a nice mix of vintage and current items from your favorite sport. Don't wait. Register today at classicauctions.net. I don't have a thing. Like you have your show, and my dad and my brother, they have their doctor thing. Everybody's got something with me. Come, sir. Let's just go watch the assassins. I'll fill you full of corn dogs. <laughs> what is he recognized? Oh, he's going up in the stands. See this over here? Oh, Adam Boy, Dog! the hell out of me last night. Come down to the ring for a tryout. No, you're not joining the Oscar page, right, buddy? You're not trying enough for the... the what? Oh. You've been touched by the fist of God. Ah. What number you want to wear? 69! Take the number 69! It's hilarious! Is that number taken? My brother, he wants to offer you a contract. You're not here to play hockey. You're here to fight. This is one step under the beat league. No glory holes here tonight! Hey, I'm Doug Ladd. Two rules, man. Stay away from my Percocets, and do you have any Percocets? All right. Who the hell can take these guys? You are dumb. I'm on your team! I'm here to do whatever they need me to do. They need me to bleed, and I'll bleed for my team. You can do anything except punch people. What do I know? So you like the Hebrew Dolph Lundgren. Doug, I dig hockey players. The violence, the beer. I'm horny a lot. <laughs> boss, the boss, Ray. He is the master. You have my respect. If ever there comes a time when it gets down to you and me, I will lay you out, kid. This has all the elements of a sports masterpiece. Ready? Yes. Thank you for asking. This is about to get ugly. Come on, Dougie! Hey, you want to go? Yeah, okay. Good luck, man. Good luck to you too, bud. Knock him out. And we are back. I am Eric. He is Kevin. This is the Props Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. And this week we are talking about Goon. Man, I don't know why you say it like that. Actually, I do know why you say it like that. Because I don't think that you care for this movie. Um, I don't know if you're right about that. It was, it was a hard watch. It was a hard watch. But... Neither here nor there. There were parts of it that were enjoyable. I mean, it's definitely here. That's the point of this podcast. Yes. So, yes. It, it's okay. There you go. But uh, let's start where we always start, the box office. And, uh, of course, be ready for uh, Kevin's diatribe up later on. Box office numbers. We're just going to jump right in here. I can't imagine there much. I was thinking back about this. I don't remember even hearing about this movie until it was on DVD. Until so it was on DVD? I can't imagine it did particularly well at the box office. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised then. Okay. Because I was. 
on a very, very limited release in March of 2012. At the box office, it made $49,076. Oh, that sounds about right. So essentially, this was like a straight to video kind of deal. Essentially, but, but gross May of that year. So okay. March, April, May, three months later, it made a pleasant $4.1 million, $4. million. Really? Yes. Wow. So, so that's a good thing. Good for them. I was. Pleasantly surprised to see that. Were you, or did it make you angry? Because you don't like this movie. No, it did. It made me. It made me a little happier. It it made me a little happier because you're. I don't remember this being in theaters at all. You know. I guess given its cast, and we'll talk about them in just a moment. This could have been like a a limited release in Canada. Sure. This has been. This feels like a bit a huge Canadian movie. Exactly, and that's probably where most of that four million dollars came from. I can see that North uh, American money, <laughs> not American exactly. money. Sure. Uh, so the uh, the log line. There's a couple of different movie posters for this, and um, and there's even the sequel that we might talk about a little bit later on. But there's a couple of different movie posters. Uh, one was released here in the states that says, "Meet Doug. He's the nicest guy you'll ever fight." I like it. You like that? I do. It's perfect. It makes sense. It's perfect. Uh, and then there's the one with uh, my guy, Liev Schreiber, on it. Uh, I don't, I can't figure out why he's in this movie. But, uh, okay, if you can't beat him, beat him up. Oh, I kind of like that one, too. It's a bold strategy to have Liev Schreiber, who's in the movie for, what, like five minutes? Not long. Yeah, not long. Yeah, <laughs> to be on the movie poster. So that's fascinating. So there's your two. And then there's the other I one. I like both of those, You like actually. both of those? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and mention the third one, which is the uh, this, it's uh, the last of the Enforcers. The, so the second one, the sequel. Uh, this This one says, hockey is hard and family is harder. So. Okay, that sounds that makes the movie sound soft. I was about to say I don't think I ever saw the sequel, but after watch rewatching this, I kind of want to see the sequel. After hearing that tagline, I kind of don't. I think you should check it out. It's on Netflix. It might you might if you like this one, you might as well. Go so ahead the and, second one's on Netflix yeah, too. Yeah, okay. it is. So well, the price is right. The, the price is definitely right for this. Uh, those are your log lines. Let's talk about this cast because. As I mentioned, it's Liev Schreiber and a bunch of also rants. And whoa, you watch your <laughs> mouth, sir. Jay Baruchel is awesome. Okay. Uh, what do you know about Jay Baruchel? Uh, I know that he is in every criminally underrated thing ever. So he was in Undeclared. Yes. Which was great. Canceled after a season, just like Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Undeclared. Like, everyone talks about Freaks and Geeks in, like, these odd terms, but they don't ever give him any props to Undeclared. That's a solid show. He was also in Man Seeking Woman, which is awesome. <laughs> it was on FX. Right. Made it for three years. Canceled. Canceled. Even though the show that it debuted with at the exact same time, about to go into its, like, fifth or sixth season, oh. so... Which is a good show, too. Uh, it's called You're the Worst. But yeah, Jay, Bar- <laughs> Jay Baruchel, he's not like a leading man, because no. I know they tried that and it didn't really work. Uh, what was that he was in with the girl that he was in? She's out of your league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he is just a funny, funny guy, and I, I like Jay Baruchel quite a bit. I will tell you this that I know about Jay Baruchel, and it'll come into play later. I believe he wrote this, first of all. He is a huge Did he? Huge, huge hockey fan. And if I'm wrong there, he is he is closely connected to the writers. 
because uh, he is a he is a big hockey fan. He's a big hockey card collector and has actually been interviewed in the Beckett Hockey Magazine. Oh. So um, he he at least has that going for him. Then you have Lewis Schreiber, like we, we, we mentioned. He did How to Train Your Dragon, too. Did I he? forgot about that. I didn't He's like know. the main character in that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Liev Schreiber, who I love. He's in, named something like Ray Donovan is awesome. Yeah. Um, he's played Sabretooth kind of well, I guess, if, you, if you're into that right. kind of thing. He was in the, some of the Scream movies. Yeah, he was. So I, I dig Liev. Um, Eugene Levy, who is usually very, very funny, but he was kind of a D-bag here, man. Yeah, that's like a. Well, he'll come back up in the in the rant. In the rant, yeah. And then, uh, of course, Sean William Scott, famous from uh, American Pie, right? Uh, and I can't think of anything else he's ever done. Really, uh, he was in uh, oh Evolution. Oh, he was yeah, cacao, tucky, tucky. Uh, Evolution that was. Um, David Duchovny, David Duchovny, Julianne there. Moore. I felt like he kind of had a scene-stealing moment in uh, Old School with the uh, Animal Tranquilizer yes, and yes. Will Ferrell. Yes. I, I, I have to go back and check, but I was reading something about like how he felt like he had been blackballed from Hollywood, and I don't know if he has like wild political or religious it's Christianity. views. It's, it's what oh, it is. and so he says Christianity got him the yeah, boot? Yeah. Wow, fascinating. Much like uh, Martin... Not not Martin Short, uh, the the guy from you know what? Never mind. Uh, and uh, William Scott was also in the Rundown with The Rock. Yes, and that was the movie where I remember watching this and being like, "Oh, holy crap!" So The Rock really can be an actor. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest movie, but he didn't feel out of place. And sure. I watched that movie and I was like, "Okay, so this just seems like a normal movie." Whereas when I saw like. Uh, Mummy Returns or uh-huh. Scorpion King. It just felt like we were doing a bit. And I sure. was like, hey, wrestling is huge. Let's put The Rock in it. Yeah. And then that movie, I was like, okay, this just feels like a regular movie. Maybe this will work out. Maybe it will. So Clearly, that's <laughs> done pretty well for him. It really well, especially if you like uh, high-rises and, and half-leg people. Anyways, right. Uh, Sean William Scott in in the rundown had my favorite line in that whole movie. It was He was asking for Brazil nuts. And the bartender told him, you know, here we just call them nuts. And that was always funny. <laughs> always, always funny. This movie also has uh, Allison Pill. Yeah, you're going to have to fill me in on her, man. Okay, so I only know her from one thing. And I'm sure she has like an illustrious filmography and all that good stuff. But what I know her from is The Newsroom. Okay. Is so if you've never seen the newsroom, it ran on HBO for like three years. Yeah, it had yeah, Jeff yeah. Daniels. He's uh-huh. really good yeah. at it. Um, but it, it's about the operations of like a nighttime kind of news opinion sure. show, and I'm really fascinated by it since I come from the world of journalism and everything like that. And mm-hmm. so I, I liked it, and she was one of the probably four five main characters in it. And so yeah, that's I, I enjoyed it. That's that. You'll see it on a GIF or whatever. You go GIF or GIF. Which one do you go? Um, you know what? I think I say both. Okay. And I wish I remembered which one was which because Corey and Colby disagree to the death about oh. this on oh, wow. KNC Masterpiece. And so I think I just say both as to, I guess not 
anger either one. Although, to be fair, that probably angers both of them. So I should pick a side already. I feel like you should pick a side. Uh, so there's that. There's the gift or the, vi- the little video clip that goes around of right. Jeff Daniels making that empowered speech at a press conference. That's what I know the newsroom. Yeah, and that's in the that's in the very first uh, that's in the very first episode because like the description is he's essentially like the Jay Leno of okay. nighttime news people in that he's boring and unoffensive and then he goes on this rant and everything Ah. changes because before that he was just like squared away newsman that no one had angry feelings about and then people were like oh watch an (laughs) america hating guy oh let's let's don't hate america and let's tell you something else we shouldn't hate is classic auctions you guys need to go check out classic classic cloud wow classic auctions.net and their fall auction that's getting ready to start uh make sure that you're hopping over there and tell them that kevin and eric sent you all right so let's talk about uh everything else we talk about where were you when you first saw this yeah i i guess uh i would have had to been at the uh, old apartment and rented it because like i said i I don't like this baffles me at least when i i can think back about you know mystery alaska i remember wanting to see that but being in college and knowing i would get it on video this one i don't even remember this coming out in the theaters so i'm glad your box office info let me know well, it was kind of a limited run so i would have just checked it out at the uh, apartment uh when i was working at the newspaper and i remember liking it okay but that's why i really wanted to rewatch it okay. to see like you know did i really like it that much this, clearly more than you did. Clearly. Uh, this this weekend was the first time that I've ever seen this movie. Ever? Ever. Oh, I've uh, definitely seen it once before. 2011, this was nowhere on my radar. Okay. Or, or 2012, it was nowhere on my radar. I uh, Caught up in the Summer Olympics and what? <laughs> no, no. I was I was working full-time for the Seattle Mariners. Oh. So uh, baseball was, was sure. on my radar. And then we were also, that was the year that we, uh, this came out in March. So... We were deciding on whether or not we should be moved back to Texas. So, okay, uh, at that spring <laughs> training was going, and the season's about to start, so and okay, we we are uh, full full blown baseball, and then we decided to move back to Texas in uh, probably May or June of this year of of that year. So, right, uh, it was just nowhere okay on my radar at all. I wasn't even acutely aware of it. So, but you had life. Yeah, stuff going life, on yeah. so that's fine that's so fine. i did sit down and watch it for the first time this weekend and wow <laughs> it was uh oh yeah i got that <laughs> i got the text message from you and you you seemed displeased <laughs> this was this is this was something that tried really 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 hard to do slap shot and i know a lot of you guys have been asking about slap shot when are you going to do slap shot it's coming but this tried really hard to be Slapshot. You know what's interesting is that is not necessarily the first movie that jumped to mind. I definitely get that comparison, especially once you get like, you know, 30 minutes into the movie or right. whatever. But you know what I immediately thought this movie was trying to be? I thought it was trying to be the hockey version of Bull Durham. Because okay, like, yeah, yeah. if you think back to Bull Durham, you know, you've got Kevin Costner essentially as the personal, you know, catch-all for uh in addition to being the catcher for tim robbins and in this one you've got the goon who's essentially like the personal assistant Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term for la flame Flame. and so it, it reminded me a lot of 
Bull Durham in that part and then also some of the wacky rituals that you go through. So I, I, I get the Slapshot comparison for sure, but to me, it was hockey Bull Durham. That's okay. exactly what I thought when I was watching it. Now, you say uh, hockey rituals, just sports rituals in general. The first one that caught my eye, and it should have probably caught everybody's eye, was that he refused to walk on the on the logo. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I very much believe in that. All right. So I so much believe in that that, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, I came from the world of covering high school sports. Sure. I never stepped on the school insignia or the logo or anything like that at any of these places. Even if I knew that they didn't care or whatever. And then at uh, spring training for the Rangers, it's the same exact deal. And it's really fascinating when you go in the clubhouse, they have – all this like Rangers carpet. And in the very Mm -hmm. middle of the clubhouse in surprise, they have the big Rangers logo Mm -hmm. and you'll see media. People will frequently congregate around it, but they'll never step on it. Or at least most of them won't. But last year I might've saw a media person walk across it and get yelled at for it, which I was fascinated by because some of the players do walk back and forth in front of it. And I was like, well, I mean, that's fine. You're on the team. You can do what you like. I just, I feel like if you step on the logo, it could be trouble. If you don't ever step on the logo, you won't ever get in trouble for that. So why risk it? So uh, a story much of the same. Uh, Basic training, 2002. We have our company insignia in the middle of the floor. If a drill sergeant saw us, saw anybody, it, it could have been somebody not in our company. It could have been... Uh, a passing through officer, which I think they sent on purpose to Walk, check. To check. Yeah. They would, if if anybody walked on that insignia, we were all toast. Every one of us. Well, so. if you ever want training, if you're listening at home and you're not in high school or you're not in college yet, if you ever want training that will prepare you for this, go to Texas A&M, ah. where there are many a place that you can or cannot walk, and I might have seen someone absolutely get trucked and knocked down <laughs> for walking on the grass. And so Texas A&M is a good breeding ground to help teach you not to walk on certain things because people will freak out about it. But I, I did like, I thought that was one good thing that they showed progression in the film that was somewhat subtle is eventually you saw people going out of their way on the team to step around right, right. the emblem right. except of course for Laflame who still does whatever he wants exactly mostly. this was this was George Teague knocking out Terrell Owens for standing I can the, see that yeah. <laughs> what a glorious moment I just showed that to my son in the last couple Did of weeks really? and he was watching and he had no idea what was going to happen at the end he goes oh he's going back and then he goes oh, <laughs> oh and he goes nice. bang Damn, that was awesome. Very nice. So uh, the next question I typically ask you is who introduced you to this? But uh, for me, it was nobody. I, I, it, me I just, either. Yeah, so. Uh, you know who probably introduced me to this is one of those handy little brochures that they used to have at the video store. Sure. I'll tell you something about me. Like I know I rewatched this on Netflix. I am still a sucker 
for the physical copies of things. So oh, okay. there is a family video in Garland and there is a movie trading company in Garland and that while I will sometimes just get the new movie on on demand or whatever, I am not averse to trekking out there and getting the actual copy in my hand. And then like at family video, they still put out the thing <laughs> once a month where it's like tells you what's coming up. And, you know, I used to work at Blockbuster and I love those things and I know Hollywood video did the same thing. So I I probably just got one of those little monthly brochures and I was like, ooh, what's coming out in the next month? <laughs> I I really am a sucker for that and I'm very old in that manner. So this is completely off topic, but you went to Alaska recently. Yes. And you found like the last blockbuster? So I was super thrilled by that. And Alaska is, by the way, Anchorage, man, it had... Well, it only had one Blockbuster, but it used to have two. It also had three card stores. There really? were three card stores here. Wow. Yeah, actually, uh, if I could remember the name of one of them, <laughs> they had this bit called the Drop Zone where they had cards up there, and every day they would drop the price by $1. And so you could either test your luck and see if you get the price down, or you could pull the trigger. They were good deals. It was sure. a fun time. But, um, yeah, so there, were, there had been two Blockbusters in Anchorage, and they closed one of them, and so there was only one. One in Anchorage and then one in Fairbanks, which is like 10 bazillion miles away. Yeah. So luckily, our hotel was four minutes away all right. from the Blockbuster. And it was the Blockbuster that got all the Russell Crowe memorabilia from John Oliver, yeah. <laughs> which I was watching that. And this is like, by the way, that all happened after we had already booked the trip in the hotel. And I was like, shut the hell up. And so that's when I looked it up and saw it was four minutes from the hotel. I was like, this is going to be awesome. And so we went to the Blockbuster and dude, it was buzzing. And they weren't people there ironically. Like I was there ironically. I bought some Raisinets because I wanted to give them some money. Sure. But I was just there, you know, snapping my picture and stuff but there were people there who they were like yeah do you have this movie or do you have the new blah 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 and there's people like wow. they weren't there ironically they were there to get work done and i appreciated that and so i think we went like on a tuesday and then that either that wednesday or thursday my facebook feed blew up with people showing me an article that they had decided to close both of those blockbusters. I was like, what? I was just there. I was super oh, busy. Man. And so they closed both of those blockbusters just this last month. Okay. And so we were there in July. They closed them at the end of August, and mm -hmm. here we are at the beginning of September. Right. Now there is just one blockbuster left in North America, and it's in Oregon, which ironically enough, I was in Oregon the year before. Okay. Not for any weird blockbuster fantasy trip or anything like that. I didn't even know that. And that <laughs> blockbuster per owner was like, yeah, we don't plan on closing anytime soon, which I kind of get like the family video and Garland sure. is usually pretty, pretty hopping. Right, right. And I know movie trading company does more than just like rent movies, but that place is always pretty busy. Sure. And so I, I think that there's a market for people like me who are either old <laughs> or old at heart who still enjoy the physical copies of everything. I will tell you this. Speaking of physical copies, I sent my wife, uh, my lovely wife, Megan, down to uh, Half Price Books to pick up a copy of this. Oh, yeah. Because this last weekend, it was 20% off every time. Everything. Sure. So uh, I sent her down. She couldn't find a copy of Goon. But uh, hopefully... It's a she, popular movie. It is a popular movie, evidently. $4 million. At the, uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> so... Uh, 
anyways, I understand what you're saying about the physical copy. Like, we bought a physical copy of um, of Infinity, Infinity War this weekend, so we can. Oh watch yeah, that. So me too. I, yeah, I gotta I gotta get those. Uh, and then sometimes that backfires. Like, I have a physical copy of uh, Straight Outta Compton that's still in the. In the wrapper, I've never opened it. <laughs> yeah, but like one day. So like I love the show Friday Night Lights, and so of course I bought the complete box set. Haven't opened it up yet, but I've seen all the episodes, and I know someday there'll be a time when I have to watch them all, and I don't have to worry about it got taken off of Hulu or it got taken off of Netflix because I got my discs and I'll be ready. <laughs> all right, keeping it real. Um, who? What, what do you think? Uh, how, how do you think these guys did? I, on 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 ice on relationship wise or whatever, however you want to go here. The guy who steals the show for me is Marc Andre Andre Grondine. Yes, who plays Xavier Laflame. <laughs> as you can tell, what I've referenced it every time. And so I thought that he did a great job portraying himself as a hockey player. I only have one minor quibble is I didn't like the authority which he finished his goals. So like they it was it was kind of lackluster. Yeah, so they hyped this kid up as a few years earlier he was like the end all be all of hockey, but he got picked number two because he had some attitude problems mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then his career fell apart when Liev Schreiber destroyed him up in the boards a few years back. And now he's, <laughs> you know, meandering along the way in minor league <laughs> hockey because he never got it back together. He went all Eric Lindros on him. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. God, what a great reference. Uh, that 1990-91 scorecard, that was going to change everything about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and then Martin Brodeur turned out to be maybe the go-to card from that. Set. But yeah, no, I thought Laflame did a really good job because, as you can guess, like eventually he gets his crap together, right? And he starts scoring goals like crazy. And I thought the way he moved on the ice and the puck movement was awesome. I just didn't care for the way he finished. It wasn't with enough authority, sure. And so I didn't care for that. And then uh, Sean William Scott, he plays Doug Glatt, and I, I, I thought that. The way they do this is really good, much like with the Mighty Ducks, as they establish, they kind of suck. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need Sean William Scott to skate really well because he kind of sucks, right. and they establish that for you. One, a minor rant about this movie, I think they should have devoted more time to the montage. So uh. this movie, the one thing I do really like about this movie is it doesn't waste any time. Right. You know, like, he's sitting in the stands with his buddy Jay Bearshell and punches someone out in the first, like, six minutes and gets a tryout in the first eight minutes, and he's on the team in the first ten minutes. Like, right. we don't waste any time getting to the point. But can, I, I, can I stop you right there? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. My brother is gay might be the best thing anybody shouted before kicking the crap out of somebody. I did love that. He goes, you're going to take it back uh the movie the very beginning of the movie has probably my favorite line (laughs) of the entire movie is it's within the first five or six minutes when they go to that opening hockey the minor league hockey game which i thought really really caught the majesty of minor league athletics that's some lone star brahma stuff oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely and so they show uh, they show the national anthem for Canada being sung horribly, and the announcer comes back and he goes, "Well, that was borderline treasonous right there." <laughs> yes. And I loved that line. I thought it set a great tone for the humor in there. But they they uh, they really don't waste any time. I wish they would have given another minute or two to the montage showing. 
uh, Glatt learning how to skate mm-hmm. better because all of a sudden he goes from just going in there to fight to he's going to be used to screen in front of the goal and all this right. and that. And I was like, you know, you could have given me one more minute about how he actually has learned how to skate and that would have been good. He, he shows up uh, on figure skates. Yes, and- because – and and – there, there is. I will admit, there's some lazy humor in there because, mm-hmm. of course, he got the figure skates from his gay brother, his gay brother, who has figure skates because he's gay. Right, is like the implication and a little bit of lazy. Humor. Little, yeah, that was lazy. Um, man, I, I agree with you with with most of your points there. I, I thought most of these guys. This looked like minor league hockey. It looked sure. like what minor league hockey was supposed to be. Where my uh, my trip up there is uh, is Liev again. He's just fighting to fight, and I guess we're just supposed to to. I, I know hockey now, where all that's out of the game, right? You know, so watching that, and I'm the hockey analyst at work. You know, right. I know that these, I know that these, what these, who these goons are, and he's just fighting to fight, and that like he didn't have much of a backstory. I would have liked a little bit more of a backstory on him. I will agree with that because the closest they ever came to that is this scene in the diner yes, with exactly. him and Glatt, which he was like, you know, don't try to play hockey because you felt like there was this really tragic backstory right. where the enforcer tried to become more of a hockey player and they're like, boo, yeah. and they shut it down. Right. And so that wasn't – I will say the thing I liked about that scene, and I would have never guessed going into Goon that I would see a reference to the movie Heat. Mm. But if you watch Goon – have you ever seen Heat? Yeah, of course. Okay, that movie rules. Okay, yeah. so that movie came out in 95. Also on Netflix if you want. Yes, it's a great <laughs> – yeah, take your time and watch that that movie's like three hours long though but it's awesome uh so there's the scene between um you've got robert de niro and al pacino and they finally sit down at the diner and have their scene and i really felt like this was a this was a reference to heat when sean williams scott and leah schreiber have their like one and only pre-fight meeting Mm -hmm. at the diner and i really did feel oddly like the stakes were were elevated because I was like, oh man, this is just like heat. Right. Further that, to further that, even in the later in the film when they finally hook up and fight and they're in the penalty box, Leah Ray looks over to, to Glatt and, and he says, are you ready, kid? Like, he just sets it all up. It's yeah. Just, it, it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But he just further perpetuates the, I'm just here to fight. And oh, sure. I mean, that's why they try to explain it away with, like, don't try to be what you're not. Right. And they, and I, I think they kind of set the stage for that when they show, like, I feel like every scene with Liev Schreiber is either in a diner or on the ice. Right. And so they show him reading all those articles about Sean William Scott. <laughs> and then they see, you know, his little conversation. He's like, well, people seem to think you're the next me during their heat conversation. And so I think that's their way of explaining it. There's no question. Look. I enjoy this movie, but I'm not here to defend the character arc of Liev Schreiber because it is very, very shaky at best. He's in the movie for like, what, five minutes? And yeah. he's probably the biggest name in this movie. Like, as much as I love Jay Baruchel and stuff and Eugene Levy, let's get serious. So Liev Schreiber is the biggest name in this movie. He's By in the far. movie for five minutes. So, uh, Ross Ray's character, Liev Schreiber, Ross Ray's character, I'm sorry. Ross Ray, the character that Leah Schreiber is playing, uh, in, in the magazine when he's flipping through the, he's reading the articles about Glatt. Uh, little did you know, seen reading a magazine article with a picture of Doug Glatt fighting in the hunt, fighting 
Huntington of the Alba, Albany Patriots, yet that scene has not taken place yet. It does not happen oh, until the next scene. Oh, so that's, a, a little, that's an error little, right there. A little goof for you right oh, there. Either that or some sort of magical future magazine. We should hear more about that. <laughs> probably not. We should probably look into that, huh? About the future. Yeah, if they make a Goon 3, I want it to be about the future <laughs> hockey magazine that Ray can read. Awesome. All right, so uh, we haven't done this in the last couple of uh, episodes, but we'll do it here. Do you have a top athletic scene from there? Like maybe, maybe was it the goal scoring film? Oh, there's no question. The top athletic scene in this movie is the NHL draft montage of LaFlame. Yeah. Like they show... And he looks like a freaking trick shot artist where he's carrying the puck on his stick. He's flying around. You know, you know, honestly, you know who he looks like is uh, Benny the Jet from Mighty Ducks 2. Sure. Is they or not. No, no. Benny the Jet's the kid who can't stop. He looks like the cowboy kid from Mighty Ducks 2. Remember that kid's like, yeehaw, and he's oh, bouncing yeah, yeah, the yeah, puck yeah, up yeah, on his yeah. stick and everything like that? They show him doing all kinds of wild stick work, and they also show how fast he is on the ice. So I don't think there's any question that the most impressive athletic feat was the pre-draft highlights of Laflame. I was like, I get it. I can see why this kid's going to go so high in the draft. I Yeah, he was he was one hell of a guy. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I would hope that uh, the Dallas Stars would pick up a kid, a kid something like that. Tyler Sagan, where you at, man? We can, hey, we, some, uh, we can figure out this contract extension first. Right. Yeah, that's true. Let's get it done. Let's get that done, for real. All right, uh, my favorite athletic scene. Well, I'll I'll try to vary uh, from your from your. Uh, <laughs> As you can tell, my love for yeah. Laflame. Yeah. I want to see this sequel just to see more of that exactly. guy. Now that he's turned his life around, any time and. You say what you will. It's an athletic. It's an athletic feat. Any time Glatt is kicking the crap out of somebody is pretty funny, dude. You're <laughs> onto <good>. something <laughs> because my my backup moment would be when he smashed that guy's helmet open in the opening. Yes, he just. So, like, if you're not familiar with this movie and you're trying to decide, so the conceit is that Sean William Scott is essentially a loser. Yes. So. He does security like at a bar and stuff, and so, but he loves hockey. And his best friend has a I can't tell if it's a cable access show because they swear pretty liberally on this show. <laughs> so, yeah, he the, the director of the show was not, yeah, and he it. just quits yeah. like I've had enough. Uh, yeah, the director plays very much like a Danny Glover and Lethal yeah. Weapon character. Yeah. Like, I'm too old for this ass, yeah. And so, uh, he loves hockey, and they're at the minor league hockey game, and they're just razzing this guy in the penalty box, and the guy in the penalty box flips out and climbs over the glass and walks up into the stands and then Glatt beats the crap out of him so much so that he punches him in the helmet and explodes his, his helmet. helmet. Yes. That was wild. <laughs> that was great. great I thought stuff. that, again, I, I thought in terms of the reasons I like the movie, that's the same scene in which it has the borderline treasonous yes, line that the, I thought yes. was really funny. And it also set the tone for the violence that you would see. I thought they did a good job in the first 10 minutes of like, hey, this is the kind of movie that you're going to see. If you don't like it bail out bail now out. like i like movies like that that let you know how it's gonna be the scene the movie opens with somebody's tooth falling from their mouth right. and hitting absolutely. the ice very mick foley uh oh, hell in the cell yeah, ass okay? absolutely so yeah if like, going into that's like that's like, 
if you stayed for this movie or watched this movie and didn't know what you're getting, that's like going to see Borat and leaving 25 minutes in because it was too too yeah. offensive. You no, know? that that's your own fault. And I always I tell this joke or this story all the time is when my mom saw the movie There Will Be Blood, she goes, "Well, it was kind of violent." And I was like, <laughs> "You don't say the movie There Will Be Blood is kind of violent." Although everybody knows the best scene in that is Daniel Day Lewis going insane in that little saloon. Sure. Or I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I wish that was still a thing that more people said. I love that scene. Uh, not knowing that a Daniel Day-Lewis movie is going to be violent is kind of... Uh, yeah, that's that's on you, Mom. Yeah. I've said that before. I don't I don't know you, Mrs. Mom. But yeah. that's, uh, She's lovely, but that was like, that's a little silly. <laughs> that's a little, a little silly. Okay, uh, let's talk about your diatribe because I know... Knowing you the little the little bit that I do, I think I think you're, I can call you a friend. I know sure. that Kevin hates love, so go ahead, Kevin. Okay, <laughs> normally I do, but I also feel like you don't care for that part. So my <laughs> diatribe is going to go against something different and something that has nothing to do with me personality personally. All right, is the lazy lazy Jewish humor scene in this movie, all right? I'm not even Jewish, and I was almost offended. So they have Glatt and his brother and their parents leaving the synagogue where they meet up with these other two Jewish parents, and my God, and their son, and my, or their daughter, excuse me, they start throwing out the offensive stereotypes straight away. So the second they leave the synagogue is these other two (laughs) parents are upset that like their doctor son isn't there yet because they're trying to marry off their daughter. So that's offensive stereotype number one. Sean William Scott's yarmulke gets taken by a bird or the wind or whatever and he has to go chase that down. That was funny. That Okay. (laughs) But like also seems lazy and then like you know they're ashamed of their son because he didn't go to an Ivy League school and he's not a doctor and so they're all ashamed of that and then they find out in that scene that their son is gay and that adds insult to already insulting is that they should be ashamed that their son is gay and I was like wow you just worked in a whole lot of offensive stuff and I'm not gay or Jewish and I'm even sitting there thinking this scene, like, what's most offensive to me from that perspective is how lazily it's written then, but it just goes ham in terms of offending people left and right yeah, in the span does. of three minutes, and I was like, be better, be whether better. it's Jay Baruchel or whoever wrote this movie. Okay, so there are three, three different, oh, I'm sorry, four different writers on this movie, uh, Jay Baruchel, Evan Goldberg, and two more that are not listed, they just don't get credits here. Um, I'll yeah. go out on a limb and assume that at least one of those people is Jewish. <laughs> uh, well, one's Evan Goldberg. So. Sure, <laughs> sure. But, and so, you know, maybe that makes it more acceptable, I guess. But, like, even if it was acceptable because a Jewish person person wrote it, I just thought it was lazy. Like, I was like, oh, wow. So you think an older Jewish person is trying to marry off their kid to a doctor? Yeah, that, like, it really? Was, it was. I've heard that a million times. So my big diatribe was was this relationship between uh, Glatt and um, Allison Pill. Allison Pill. Um, Eva. It it totally screwed over the whole movie for me. Well, okay. I get it. I get it. Tell she, me more about why it screwed over the whole movie okay, for so you. Okay, so I'm going to I know this is a kid's show and we're not we're not filming live today and uh, good. Sorry Facebook live. 
I don't I, know why I'm looking. Yeah, at why, the why are you looking at? I'm what's looking at not where there. the camera would be. <laughs> I know we're not filming live today, and uh, if you have kids in the room, earmuffs. She was a puck slut through and through, and uh, that is a term that she uses in the movie, I believe. Yep. And it it was so stereotypical of that kind of, you know, I'm I'm loose and fallacious, and now I'm I'm in I'm in love with you, so I can stop all that. That is ridiculous. The thing that bothered me about that the most is Glatt is presented as a nice person. Right. Kind of stupid, but a nice person right. who fights for what's right. She literally says that she has a boyfriend. Yes. And at no point in the movie is it established that her boyfriend is a bad person. Right. And so he's like, well, I don't mind. And that seems out of character for him because he seems like a good person the rest of the way. And like I said, he's not the brightest person. But you know what? He's looking for his place in the world and he seems to have found it and he seems good. Otherwise, he stands up for his friends. He stands up for his gay brother. Right. And so this seems out of character for him to be like, well, I know you have a boyfriend, but I don't really care. Exactly. And then later. Later in the movie, he goes to the boyfriend's house to get his ass kicked. Yeah, because he feels bad about exactly. what he did. And I was like, did you not feel bad like a couple of months ago? Exactly. There, the, I, I will say something that works against Goon down the stretch is there's two wild character changes that I don't like is... Allison Pill goes to like, you know what? Maybe we can be just fine. And I guess the sequel seems to implicate that they get married and have a kid yeah, or I something, guess so, like that. something like that. And then LaFlame decides that all of a sudden he's going to be a stand-up teammate, whereas he's just the biggest a-hole in the world the entirety right. of the movie. And he just talks down to Sean William Scott. And then like they don't they don't really show him partially coming around and no. then flipping the switch. He just pretty much flips the switch. Right. And then in the last game, he's like, I'm going to score all the goals to show that you're worth it. And I was like, well, that was kind of abrupt. It was. All right. So you got. So, uh, that's fair. I, I will grant you. This is far from a perfect movie. And the character flips of Pill and LaFlame, they're a bit too drastic for me. Another, another thing that I had issue with is because it was made in 2011 and premiered in 2012 was the amount of cursing in this film. Like it was. <laughs> It was slapshot esque, you know. Like yeah. I was saying earlier, like this is too. I need I need a little more substance than just and I and I get that it's a sports film and I get that it's locker room talk and yeah. I get all that. I you know I was in the military for for damn near ten years. I heard all that right. And I was before that I played football in Texas. Right. I heard all that. I get I get it, but like I need a little more for it to be um, enjoyable. Well, and that that's probably too. I mean, what, I'm not Sinbad. I'm not sure. But I'm <laughs> well, and I'll be fascinated to go back and watch Slapshot because it's been a while since I've seen it, is to see how the rest of the team is developed because a lot of these characters weren't super well developed because right. you have like the guy who's going to be a doctor, the the guy who flips out about his goalie mask and stuff like that. The and goal, so, yeah. The, the, and the two guys humping the mask for all intents and purposes. Exactly. Just, so I, I, I agree that there's some lazy humor in there. And look, this movie has problems. The secondary characters outside of, 
you know, Glatt, his best friend, Laflame, and his girlfriend mm-hmm. are very poorly drawn yes. out. There's just something about this movie. It's probably the fact that it's like an hour and 31 minutes, too. It zipped by to me. I thought it was fun. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought the announcers brought some humor and levity. The announcers are pretty well drawn out. But the rest of his team is not super well drawn out. And right. I'll be I'll be interested in a couple of weeks when I compare that to Slapshot to see how well their secondary characters are drawn out. Okay, so uh, I like to talk about the awards and then we'll talk about memorabilia and we'll get out of here. I can't imagine this movie's up for a ton of awards. You will be surprised, sir. Really? And again, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I need to go back and give it a second look without my kids in the room. Uh, yeah, don't have your yeah. kids in there. There's nudity in it, too. So, it will, that whole, never mind. So that, uh, he, it won one award. And it was nominated for 13 others. Okay. This has got to be like some... Is there like a, Cana- a Canadian Academy Awards? Yep. <laughs> Winner. Is there really? <laughs> Winner. Canadian Comedy Award. Best, awesome. Best film, 2013. Wow. So, uh, Canadian Screen Awards. These were, these were all nominations. Okay. This Achie- doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Achievement that. in Cinematography. Achievement in Direction. Uh, achievement in Makeup. Adapted screenplay. What? So this was adapted from a book. Wow. <laughs> that was where the other two Yeah, because they said it was from. based on a true story. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, performance by an actor in a supporting role, Jay Baruchel. <laughs> oh, bull crap. I like Jay Baruchel, but LaFlame got <laughs> robbed here. That dude steals this movie. <laughs> he rules every scene he's in. He does. Performance by an actor in a supporting role, Kim Coates. Who's Kim Coates? Oh, he's the coach. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. No, I thought he was, and I thought he was good. I should say, if there's another secondary character that's decently well mm-hmm. drawn out, it's him. So that's fair. Uh, Central Ohio Film Critics Association nominee. The, the what? The, the Central, Central Ohio Film Critics Association. That if shouldn't you, be. A if thing. you're scoring at home, that's the COFCA. That should not be a thing. Uh, nominee best overlooked film. I could see that. Directors Guild of Canada nominee direction. So director and uh, picture editing. The Toronto Film Critics Association Awards. Okay, so pretty much all of these are yeah. in Canada, except for that one. Uh, nominee for the Rogers Award, the be- Rogers Award, the Best Canadian Film. And the Vancouver Film Critics Award, nominee for Best Supporting Actor in a Canadian Film, Jay Baruchel. Best Supporting Actor in a Canadian Film, Liev Schreiber. And Best Supporting Actress in a Canadian Film, Alison Pill. Wow. That was... One win and 13 nominations, all in Canada. How in the world we get multiple supporting actor nominations and none of them are for La Flame? It, it angers me. Speaking of Canada. Please, angers. <laughs> please go check out ClassicAuctions.net and get involved in their fall 2018 uh, auction. All right. Memorabilia. Uh, before we talk about the things that we would want from this, I want to point out that there is plenty to be had from this uh, from the Gong Show, which is a T-shirt shop, they are the official uh, oh. goon wardrobe. Sure. Uh, uh, not wardrobe, but uh, T-shirts and stuff. You can buy it. You just go go to uh, gongshowgear.com and you can pick up all your Halifax and Glats and and everything that you need from there. The Shamrocks, St. John Shamrocks. You yes. get all that. And right now, it looks to be heavily discounted, too. So, uh, Well, they might have one of the things that I would list on my top three memorabilia. Well, so, let's, go, let's go right there. Top three memorabilia. All right. Top three memorabilia. Number one, without question, Liev Shriver's tooth that gets <laughs> knocked out. 
what do you know? It's right here. <laughs> and at the beginning, like you don't realize that at the moment, right. but yeah, is Liev Shriver getting his tooth knocked out sure. by Sean William Scott. So that's number one. I want that tooth. Number two, it's the game puck that Glatt gets. Yeah. That his parents don't give a crap about. They leave it on the diner table. Yeah, his parents don't support him at all. He worked really hard. He stepped up his game knowing they were there, and his best buddy Jay Baruchel was there, Mm -hmm. and he worked really hard. He got the game puck. They don't care at all. That was his first game puck he gave to his parents. I feel bad for that. And not surprisingly, number three is I want a jersey from La Flame, and here's (laughs) the reason why. I put this timeline together. So let's say he's a hot shot coming out of the junior hockey leagues. Mm-hmm. He's going to get drafted when he's 18 or 19. Right. This is only three years removed from when he immediately made it to the NHL. So we'll say he's 19. So even though his life has fallen apart, clearly by the end of the movie, he put it back together and he scored a hat trick to single-handedly get them into the playoffs. And so at this point, he's only going to be 22. The Flame is going to keep it together. He's turned his life around. He's going to be force in the NHL. So I want his minor league jersey where he turned it all around because that's going to be worth some cash at the at some point. Give me a comparison to who the flame is right now in the NHL. Uh he is a less yeah, he could be a less handsome uh he could be a less handsome Tyler Sagan. Okay. Because Tyler Sagan, that's a handsome man right there. Yeah. You can't you you can't walk around Dallas and be in Tyler Sagan's vicinity and not see the flock of women that oh, are just <laughs> yeah. And I I get made fun of for this all the time is because I was at a game where like I guess he got too hot during warmups and he lifted up his jersey and he had like this eight pack and I go man it was ridiculous <laughs> and they go it was ridiculous looking at that man's abs and I was like dude I'm not saying I wanted to hook up with him I'm just saying I was really impressed at his abs they were ridiculous <laughs> so yeah he's uh, speaking of ridiculous you look ridiculous man you doing, doing oh hey you're thank still you. doing good one yeah. seventy six right yeah one seventy six we're down one seventy six okay. so I usually vary between. Like 176 is kind of where I topped out. I uh, I usually sit at about 200 to 205 pounds, depending on mm. you know. And so for most of my life, I was in the high 300s. So okay. it's been a it's been a wild turn of events. Sometimes people will be like, "It's just weird," you know. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Trust me, <laughs> I do." I am going to need you to bring sexy Koi around here. I keep hearing the commercials. And, yeah. Uh, 80 pounds is nothing to... Yeah, 85 pounds 85 now. pounds. Yeah, oh, he's wow. getting it done. I need to get it on that soda, man. That's it what, works. I, I'm I, telling you, it works. That's a shameless plug for a podcast that you guys need to sponsor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, soda should sponsor the podcast. We're called the Fat Packs, for God's sake. I know. Right? Maybe that's why they don't want to mess it up. <laughs> that may be, may be true. All right, so uh, three things I would want from this film... Um, Man, you took the good ones. You took you took Liev's tooth. I'll let you go first next time. Uh, you took the you took the hockey puck, which was uh, those defi- parents suck, man. Man, those were some ruthless ruthless people. Yeah, because they're ashamed of them. They are. Uh, I don't I don't care about the relationship in the uh, in the in the film, but I want that uh, that mascot stuffed animal. It's authentic. It's authentic. That's right. <laughs> that's that's why I want it because he keeps saying yeah. it's authentic. Because um, he's not very bright. He's not very bright. Uh, minor league hockey's probably not going to move the uh, needle for a lot of people. Right. But I want that first playoff game ticket from uh, 
from from Halifax because they hadn't they hadn't been to the they hadn't won a game in a while. Yeah, and they're going to the playoffs. That's right. So uh, that's not actually in the film, but it's insinuated. Yeah, it's very much like uh, that's another that's another comparison right there. Is uh, Goon is very much like Major League mm-hmm. in terms of. Major League the entire time sets up how crappy of a team they are, just like in Goon. Right. And the whole strive is to see if they can do something, just like in Goon. And then eventually they make the playoffs, just like in Goon. Right. And then the movie's over. And like you don't really see right. what happens after that. Right. So I want I want that ticket. Okay. If if we're since it's not directly in the film, sure. I'll take the ticket from the game that they won. They hadn't won a game in a month. Oh yeah. So I'll take a sure. ticket from that game. And then finally, I want uh, I want a glat jersey with that A on it. That assistant oh, yeah. captain that he took away from my boy. Yeah, he took away my from my boy. Was being lazy. That's right. All right. Um, that's it, man. I, so okay, have I been able to persuade you at all? I'm not saying you got to love the movie, but have I ever been able to persuade you at all that it's not that bad? You know, I gotta. How did the what did the critics say about it? Because I yeah, that's what we're gonna get to. Okay. Here. Um, have, I can't imagine that did super well with the critics. I liked it. You'd be surprised. I, I'm more surprised about this. What's the one I use? I use I use Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. You said the True Critic is that what? Uh, there's a place called Metacritic, Metacritic, which is like pretty strenuous. Let me, let me Metacritic is always the toughest of the bunch. Let me look that up while I'm sitting here. I and can't then. imagine on Metacritic it's more than like fifty percent. Uh, and that might even be generous. Look, I I like this movie quite a bit, but I think it's a fun throwaway movie. Like I think Goon is a movie that you can watch, you can thoroughly enjoy, and then you can forget about the next day. I, okay, my biggest problem with this film, and I'm not a saint. I know that I'm not a saint. Is just like the language throughout the whole thing. Fascinating, and it's really like I don't know. I'm, you you have a you have a young son. He's I twelve, do. right? I do. He's twelve. He's thirteen. He's thirteen. Okay, my son is eight. I did not watch this movie with. Of him. Of course not. You know, this is something that I wanted to be able to sit down and say, "Hey, let's have a father son moment and watch this movie." And you know, three and a half minutes into it, I'm like, "You got to leave the room. I can't. I yeah. can't." <laughs> so uh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe I'm more disappointed that I couldn't spend the time with Eli and, and watch this sure than than anything else no I get it if that makes sense I don't I don't want again I'm not a prude and I'm not I'm not a saint either but like he's just, a smart kid so yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I just can't I can't I couldn't do it all right uh Metacritic how so is the score on Metacritic just what that little green number is yeah okay so uh I will tell you this it's a 64 shut up for on, real on Metacritic okay so take keep Metacritic that, is tough. Keep wow. that in mind okay, as that. we go to uh, Rotten Tomatoes okay. and IMDb. We'll go to IMDb first. Then it's got to be like at least a seven for IMDb. It is almost a seven. It's a six eight. Okay, yeah, because it usually goes Metacritic, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes. That means Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, I ought to tell you going into this, I would have said like fifty five, but yeah. now I'm gonna up it to like seventy five. It is higher. Really? On the tomato meter, 82%. Wow. That and seems a little too high, but it's an enjoyable movie. It's got I think it's got some stuff going for it, but that's higher than I would have guessed. The audience score gave it a 70. So Okay, it's that's kind of that's fascinating to me because I would have been much more likely to think that the audience enjoyed it more than the critics did. So fascinating. A little I, movie that could there. I ask you this. Oh, look, there's three more. Oh man, I missed out on a complete segment here. 
Hold on, sir. There's one, two, three, four lines, log lines, with four different movie posters. Really? Liev Schreiber, uh, Sean William Scott, one with uh, uh, Jay Purcell, and he is sticking his tongue out. Uh, grossness, right. gross misconduct is the. Uh, that's a great hockey okay. reference. No, I uh, like. I like that. That is a. Uh, that is a log line, and you won with your boy Laflame. Yes. Sex, drugs, and scorn goals. There you go. I like it, man. That is Laflame. Now I like this movie. Now I'm all in. All right. <laughs> I am all in. So what I do like to ask you, uh, being the pop culture guy that you are, is this a classic? No, no. Uh, th- this movie, and it's the same thing that it suffered at in terms of like the release and everything like that. It's just not well known enough. Like sure. I, and I'm not saying the movie has to be known to everyone to be considered a classic. But even if you've never seen the movie, I'm sure people have heard of Slapshot or they've heard of the Hanson Brothers or anything like that. Uh, there's a ton of people out there who I told them we were going to do Goon, and they were like, "What is Goon?" Yeah. And so it's definitely not. I think it's good, but it might be the weakest of the bunch. I might put it ahead of Mystery Alaska. Um, in terms of the ratings of these movies so far, but it ain't Miracle, and right. it sure as hell ain't Mighty Ducks, so I'll say no. Okay. I don't think that it is a classic, especially if we're holding Mighty Ducks as the standard Which I right, think right it now, is. Uh, then this is not a classic, but... I don't even think it's close. I would watch I it again just to... Just uh, to I'm, yes! I'd watch it again just to see, but it's not something I'm going to be able to watch with, with, with my son, you. which is disappointing. So uh, that's it for this week. We will tell you that next week we'll uh, get, we have a bit of a surprise here. Next week's a treat. This is a, a, real, a real treat. 1995 Jean-Claude Van Damme, Sudden Death. And if you think this is not a hockey movie, go back and watch it again and take that journey with us. There is a lot of hockey, and this entire movie is based around the Stanley Cup Finals. Yes. Um, Outside of Jean-Claude Van Damme, there's not another soul in this movie I've ever heard of. All right. I can't wait to watch it again. I've seen this movie at least four or five times, but it's been a while. Sure. And I... I'll be hard on this movie, but I can also be a sucker for these movies at times. And I really want to see who all is in this movie that I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize that person. <laughs> I, what I like about this is the exact opposite of what I, what I didn't like about Goon. I know going in that I can't watch this with my Do son. Do not. So uh, this is going to be one for dad. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to enjoy it. All right. Uh, again, check out ClassicAuctions.net. Go check out their fall, uh, their fall auction and get involved with that. Tell them Kevin and Eric sent you. And until next week. That's a wrap. Cut.